Hi, and welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint podcast, episode 86 today. Uh, today, of course, we're going to jump into a grammar point. But before we do that, uh, I'd like to just share with you a cool thing that I've been doing just to sort of make my study a little bit more interesting. I wouldn't really say I study Chinese that much anymore, um, sort of uh, consciously, if you like, um, or uh, surgically, it might be the the, the phrase. I just sort of read and try and listen as much as I can. I speak and I live in China, so it's a part of my life, etc. Um, so I don't necessarily have a study time every day. Maybe I should actually. <laughs> I've, uh, you know, you reach like a what they what they he referred to uh, in uh, in the book um, Moonwalking with Einstein. Uh, I remember there was a uh, I believe it was Joshua Four who made that who wrote that book. Um, he said that. Uh, there's something called the okay plateau you know you have it with every skill that you learn you reach like a level and you're like your brain just goes okay that's enough <laughs> stop making an effort and you have to purposefully try to come up with new and interesting ways to challenge yourself and focus on your weaknesses especially that's important uh, in order to keep going up and then your course you'll eventually reach another plateau and it's a constant battle you know um, it's fun it's a fun battle but it's it's, uh, it's a battle nonetheless and um, one thing I've been doing to sort of get out of a plateau, if you like, and start start studying in earnest again, is um, instead of just, you know, reading and, and, and relaxing in, in a relaxing manner, like challenging myself a little bit, is creating screenshots of comics that I've been reading. And this is really fun because I love comics in Chinese. I never used to really read them in English, but I've, I read lots of comics in Chinese now. And uh, every time I come across a comic frame I always read it on my phone so it's like hunger so it's like sideways like that if you like a b- b- uh, landscape and I'll be reading it oh that's a cool sentence I might zoom in a little bit to reframe it properly and then I'll screenshot uh, and I collected I've been doing this for ages but I've just been too lazy to put it into Anki cards because I hadn't really thought about how to do it and I hadn't seen anywhere online that could tell me and I'm rubbish with computers so I just sort of built up all these all these uh, screenshots, 800 of them, right, um, over a period of like a few weeks. And uh, with the help of Petri Nakamura, one of our uh, top clients, he uh, who's just an expert with Anki and, and he's just one of, he's a computer guy. Um, he helped me basically bulk create Anki cards, it's just Anki basic cards, right, with the uh, image on the front and nothing on the back. Just literally, I want to just review the images themselves and that's enough for me. Um, so with some programming, very basic sort of programming stuff, I organized them all. And uh, I obviously, I transferred all of the screenshots from PNGs into JPEG, so it's a smaller file size, limited everything to 800 pixels wide. Probably should go smaller, but I'm fine. I've got, I don't really care about filling up my Anki because there's nothing in there at the moment. So. Um, and now I've got 800 image flashcards. And I'll show a little video here of what it looks like. And I just go through and I review these uh, these squares, these comic screenshots. And it's really fun because it's always good to have... And this is why comics are great in the first place because it's visual context in what you're reading for the, like most, most of the time. Usually the visual context is there and you can sort of remember it. Um, and uh, I'm going through and I'm looking at the image and here's what I do now I, I look at the image and try and remember what's being said in the bubbles before properly looking at them uh, and then and see if I can remember the phrase and then I just work so if I can't no worries I just read it out loud uh, and if I sort of want to keep 
if I find that I still haven't internalized or acquired the word or phrase yet, I'll just hit hard or I'll hit easy. And then when it comes up next time, I'll hit, I'll hit difficult or something, whatever it is, and I'll reset it or whatever it is. Um, and that's just something I'm working on right now. And it's really fun. Uh, I'm, I'll probably make a video because I realize that there's most people are like me, you don't know how to do all this programming stuff. And it's really not that complicated from a programmer's point of view. It's very simple stuff. But for us, it's like it's, 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 you know, it's another language. So uh, I might make a video on that uh, soon, but uh, you can also just do it one by one. If you want to just do a few a day, you can just make the cards just by dragging and dropping into Anki cards or copy and pasting and just doing it one by one. Um, but it was great for me to do the programming part because it was 800 and I didn't want to sit there making 800 cards. Um, but if you're just starting, you can start doing the screenshots, screenshot a bunch, transfer and, uh, and copy and, and sort of do it a few at a time like that. So that's really cool. I just thought I'd share that. Um, and it's, it's just a cool way of just spicing up your, uh, your study time, especially once you get past a beginner and you're going sort of intermediate, the wasteland of the intermediate or advanced, and you want a way just to, you just want something a little bit different. Okay, so anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you guys. So the grammar point for today is about a jiezi or a preposition, which we like to call a relator because it shows you how one thing in the sentence relates to the other. Uh, and this is all about the character wang, which means towards in Chinese. But there's a few ways that we can use it. And as usual, we're going to run through a, a few example sentences showing you how each use uh, applies in real life. So um, let's jump into it. So let's have a look at this first example sentence to get an idea of how this wang works. So this sentence is from level 18 of the Mandarin Blueprint method. You unlock this at that point. And it says, 我们往上面走, So it's, we towards the top walk. Now, of course, you, you can tell that the Chinese word order is very different from English in this case. In fact, in most cases where it's a more complex sentence than subject, verb, object, uh, the word order is completely different. In, in English, of course, we say, we'll walk towards the top. We sort of almost the opposite, right? Um, so just take care to notice that when you're sort of uh, reviewing your sentences and you want to speak and practice in Chinese. You've got to think in Chinese as well or in Chinglish. Um, so we towards the top walk. Uh, so let's look at another one here. Sentence two. 我正在往回走。我正在往回走. So it's saying, I am just, I'm, I'm heading back right now. I'm heading back now. So you can say, 我正往回走, or you can say, 我在往回走. But if you're saying, 我正在往回走, um, it's sort of emphasizing an extra, extra emphasis for it. All right. So I'm going, I'm heading back now. 我正在, I am in the middle of. 往回走, 往回, so towards return. Okay, it's, it's, it's kind of Chinglish, right? So, 我往回走, heading back. And again, that 走, by the way, that 走 doesn't literally have to be 走, like walking. It could also be driving or just heading back, like moving towards that direction, traveling, essentially. Um, okay, so that's that one. Now let's look at sentence three. Now this third sentence, we put this in here because it's just nice having a rule of three. It's just having three just feels nice to us. So we always just try and aim for three. But also 
This one is incredibly common. If you're in China, you'll be ta saying this to taxi drivers all the time. It's a little bit more common than I would use it, but I'll explain how I would use it in a minute. So here we go. 一直往前走吧. And you don't have to have the ba at the end, but it's just sort of a kind of a friendly suggestion as opposed to an order if you want to prefer, if you prefer to do that. So 一直, so continuously. So 往前走. Towards the front or towards ahead, travel. Okay, 一直往前走. So that is a way, that's like a phrase that you would have. You don't have to say uh, necessarily 一直. In fact, what I like to say, which is just simpler, just again, guys, if you don't know this already, I'm lazy. I like to just do it the easiest way possible. But um, this is not necessarily the correct way, it's just the way I prefer. I just say 直走, So it's just straight travel, <laughs> right? Just 直走. It's just because I'm lazy, right? But this way um, is absolutely fine too. 一直往前走吧, or just 往前走, 往前走. Uh, that's fine as well, okay? Um, so go straight, 往前走,一直往前走. Now I know I said that we were going to stick with three example sentences because we like the number three, but I forgot there's one other sentence that I wanted to um, uh, tell you about. And it's not really a sentence, so it doesn't quite count, but it's actually a sign that I've seen. And I remember when I saw the character for Wang, um, I thought of the signs that you find in front of any public bathroom urinal in China, in a, like a... It's like a shopping mall or wherever, any sort of public urinal. Uh, and in front of the urinal is the bian chi, which literally means pee sink or pee pond, if you want to be lit really literal. Um, you see this sign that says something like this. So step forward, or sorry, so move forward one step, one small step, Wenming civilization, big step. That's the literal thing. So it's move forward, small step, one small step, civilization, one big step. Um, so the actual meaning is uh, it's often translated to kind of like the, the when uh, the Neil Armstrong said that line. Um, you know, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. It's kind of that's how they translate it, but it's not actually the real translation. What that means is step forward one small step, then you are civilized one big step. So it's wenming as in civilized, not civilization. Okay, so it's not, but it kind of applies to both, right? Because if everyone just steps forward a little bit and doesn't pee all over themselves and the floor, then, you know, the entire civilization of China would be more civilized, I suppose, it would go into a, a, yeah, so it works both ways, but the literal translation, the actual translation rather, is that. So I, I just thought I'd mention that. Often they replace the character Wang with Xiao as well, but we can maybe talk about that another time. I just thought I'd throw that in there. So um, those are sort of the, those three example sentences and that sign <laughs> is, I think, enough to get the idea of that specific usage of Wang. Let's have a look at another couple of different usages that may be not quite as common. So this shouldn't take long at all. Um, one of the sort of less common uh, usages of Wang is used in conjunction with xia, as in down, or to continue. So it's Wang xia jiang, which means to continue speaking, or Wang xia du, or Wang xia kan, which means to continue reading. 
So it's again a bit more formal, I suppose, um, but you'd still use it in everyday speech. It's no, it's no big deal. Um, and there's a final usage which is very common, which is only usually seen on signs or in, in written uh, Chinese. And uh, it goes something like this: Fei Wang, Chengdu de Fei Ji. So it's Fei Wang. So um, flying towards Chengdu. Plane, so a plane flying towards or headed towards uh, Chengdu. So Fei Wang, and you can use a lot of different verbs in front of Wang in this way. There's another one that I, uh, is quite common, which is Yun Wang, Yun Wang, which is to uh, transport. Let's have a look at this one. It, it says Yun Wang Zhijiage de Huo Wu. Huo Wu is uh, uh, goods, cargo. Okay, so cargo shipped to Chicago. So these ones are like the obviously obviously less common, but you will still see them uh, uh, in a lot of written stuff. So just thought I'd mention that we like to be as um, 全面 as we can. Uh, so there we go. All right, so that's the grammar point for today. Let's move on. All right, let's jump into the emails and comments that we've received from you guys this week. Um, as usual, we've got some great ones. The first one here is from Asa or Asa, I believe Asa Weinstein. Uh, in the community, the forum. She says, Hi there, I just started the course last week and I'm really enjoying the smooth progression uh, and acquisition. Having a regular routine is helpful, helping tremendously. Can't read today again. Sorry, guys. Doesn't feel like work at all. Well, that's great. That's kind of the whole point, right? That's brilliant. Uh, I just wanted to inquire when you think that using something like italki would be truly helpful and not confusing due to a lack of foundational knowledge. I know I'm not anywhere near practicing with a native speaker, but it would be helpful to know when it would be useful and helpful. Okay, well, I say uh, you can start any time you feel like it. <laughs> I say you should start from day one, even if you only know Nihao, right? Just uh, try, because you'll always learn something from my talky lessons. Now, if you have a solid foundation built through listening and reading, then you'll have a lot more to work with and your, your lessons will be more fruitful. I don't doubt that whatsoever, um, especially if you know how to target um, the, uh, you know, you know how to, how would you say, um, to sort of, you know how to basically structure your lessons, you know what you want. Um, so you say, I wanna talk about these particular words or whatever. It's, everything's just a bit better when you have a bit more of an understanding of the language, I think. So it's, it may be a good idea to work your way through the entire foundation course of the Mandarin Blueprint method first uh, and then um, and then sort of sign up for a teacher. But honestly, I, I don't, I, I think it's okay either way. You'd always, it depends on how much money you have, how much time you have. Uh, if you have money, great. And you, you know, you, you're like, I'm gonna spend $200 a month on learning Chinese. Um, then yeah, go for it. You know, you don't mind spending the extra money and maybe, and, you know, maybe not it being, uh, it, the earlier lessons not being quite as fruitful as the later ones. If you're happy with that, go for it, go for it. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, if you're, if you're, you wanna, you know, you wanna budget carefully uh, and you wanna make sure your time is spent really well and you, you don't have, I mean, you could find yourself getting stressed out a little bit, maybe getting a bit dejected or demotivated if you're constantly, um, sort of not really knowing what's going on in your lessons. But uh, but uh, if you're just one of those people, because there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of those sorts of people that just got so much self-esteem and self-confidence, they don't care if they're just constantly getting things wrong or they're constantly surrounded by things they don't understand. They're just excited for the journey. You know, if you're that kind of person, go for it. You know, go just start, start lessons whenever you like. But please don't, just do, the important thing is to do what makes you feel comfortable. 
I think, and what makes sure that you have fun. But without being too easy on yourself either, you know, because obviously it's more comfortable just to sit and watch Netflix, right? So you get what I'm trying to say. Uh, so I hope that helps with that one. Let's move on to the next question here. This is another community question, uh, or comment rather. It's just introduction from Ed. He says, hello, I live and work in Shanghai. I, I initially learned Mandarin in a traditional setting. Like many on this forum, uh, I come out of that experience underwhelmed and a bit frustrated at the amount of time and effort I'd spent learning Mandarin, mostly spoken with what I considered very limited proficiency and confidence in my abilities. I stopped learning and practicing Mandarin despite living here, partly because of this disheartening experience. Yeah, um, recently I found that I had a lot of extra time in my day looking to turn uh, this into something positive. I started learning mnemonics, building memory palaces and the PAO, I believe that's person action object system, uh, reading Buzan, Lorraine, O'Brien, Dellis, Zup. These are, these are all famous uh, memory athletes. Uh, especially uh, one of our favorites is O'Brien. He's uh, one of my favorites. He's, he's British. Um, and he's an eight-time world champion winner. Uh, and stumbled upon the MBM, Mandarin Blueprint Method. It seemed serendipitous, so I thought I'd give Mandarin another go. I completed level one, and I'm doing a thorough review of the HMM before moving on to level two. That's great. That's excellent. And uh, please give us an update, Ed, on how you get on uh, moving forward. So, yeah, it looks like we're starting to find that a lot more, actually. People that, uh, Faraz just brought out a wonderful, um, Phil just did a great uh, interview with Faraz, another client of ours, uh, who was actually looking for mnemonics to learn Chinese characters, and that's how he found us. Um, so those sorts of people, I guess, are really are one of our top target consumers, target market, whatever the marketing term is for them, because they're already so interested in that concept, you know. Um, yeah, I've got a feeling you, if you're you're interested in memory athletes and those sorts of techniques, you're going to really enjoy this. Uh, that's that's fantastic. The next one here is from uh, Gregory Savage on uh, level nine, so he's doing really well. He says. Just a very short comment, he just says, I almost stopped being here for the outcome, and now I am here for the method. I love my memory palace. So I looked at this, and I didn't quite understand it at first. I had to read it a couple of times, but then I get what he's trying to say, which is, I stopped being here for the, uh, I almost stopped learning just, you know, to become fluent in Chinese and literate in Chinese for the outcome. Like, he, he's, he just stopped caring about the goal so much, I suppose. But now he's staying here because he loves the method itself. And he loves his memory palace. And I don't, and that reminds me, Gregory, of another comment we had this week. Um, it just, I don't think it's in this particular podcast today, but um, I can't remember who it is, sorry, but someone commented the other day, um, and this might be in next week's pod, where he says, uh, he's like, since starting the memory palace, two of the family members or friends in his uh, 55 actor set have passed away. And he or she said that it's just what a wonderful way to reconnect and stay in touch with these um, passed away loved ones um, than to, you know, interact with them in these fun and interesting ways. Isn't that just wonderful? Isn't it just nice? Um, it's just lovely to hear. And I, I heard that, uh, I've heard that a couple of times actually in the past. It's, it's awesome to hear. And it's not quite, I'm not saying that's what you were saying, Greg, but just uh, it's connected to that sort of uh, 
just enjoying the memory palace. It's great. Uh, next one here is from Phil Chalinor on level 13 complete. Well done, Phil. Uh, smashing your way through the foundation course. He says, still loving this and feeling massive sense of achievement with every character and word learned and sentence read. Great stuff. Thank you, uh, plural. Right? So thanks for that, Phil. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a great feeling, man. It's a great feeling when you're decoding that. We've got a couple of comments relating to this sort of feeling actually today. Uh, and we'll jump into those soon. It's like decoding the language and just that feeling of, whoa, <laughs> these were like impossible squiggles a few weeks or days even ago, months ago, whatever it is. And now I just decoded it with my brain only without any help. Wow. It's such a good, I, I still get that feeling, to be honest with you. Um, not quite as intensely, but I, I get it. Every time I read like a comic or a, I read a, I reread a scene from a novel that I've read in English before or I've seen on television and I reignite the emotions behind that scene in Chinese. Just again, through decoding squiggles on a piece of paper. It just feels weird still after years and years of doing it, you know? It's awesome and that doesn't really go away. Not for, it hasn't for me anyway. So awesome. The next one here is from Sue uh, for, she's uh, commenting on the pronunciation mastery, specifically Annie's review lesson. And she just says, hi, thank you for the coursework. Very enjoyable. <laughs> All right, nice. Thank you very much, Sue. Really appreciate that. And thank you for taking the time to just say that. Next one here is from Heath Campbell on uh, the very, he's at the very beginning of the foundation course. So he's finished the pronunciation mastery and he's just jumping into the foundation, the Mandarin blueprint method in earnest. You know, he's uh, learning characters and things like that. So he says, I've been using Duolingo for about 16 months to learn Mandarin. Much of it has stuck, but much of it hasn't. I can read some and speak some. Uh, prior to finding your course, I was finding I had been losing momentum in my study as I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel and didn't know how I could possibly remember all that I had learned. I can see it is possible now. Your pronunciation course has been extremely helpful because my own pronunciation sucked. Yeah, well, don't feel too bad about that, Heath, because most, most people's pronunciation sucks in the beginning, um, or even not in the beginning, even after studying for years. So at least you're, you've fixed yours now, or at least you're on the way to fixing it. So well done. Uh, and I would also like to add as well, having humility like you do is really useful for learning language. Because <laughs> when you, when, if, if you're... If you believe that you're right, even though you're probably not, um, or you don't accept your flaws and things like that, you can't improve on them. So, well done. I had that issue at the beginning. I was like, no, I don't have any problems. I've got good pronunciation. So I'm, I'm learning this perfectly. And I wasted almost a year uh, with rubbish methods because I was too arrogant to see that I was wrong, you know? So awesome. Um, love that. And yeah, um, yeah, fantastic. I'm glad that uh, you can at least see it's possible. Of course, you're just starting your path, really. Um, but just seeing it's possible, that's, I think that's, I don't know if it's half the battle, but it's a big chunk of the battle, you know? Um, because, uh, and Steve Kaufman says this, um, one of the, uh, he's the, one of the top uh, language learners in the world, probably. Um, he's the creator of Link, L-I-N-G-Q.com. Uh, we really like his work. And he says um, that attitude is sort of one of the three parts of the tripod of language learning and of attitude you know that's made up of a few different aspects 
one of which is something he calls cultural weightlessness, which is um, seeing the culture that you're trying to learn, the language of <laughs> you know, China in this, in this example, see it as on a level of your own. Don't see your own culture as superior. I mean, obviously you're going to prefer your own culture, most people do, but try and, try and see it with uh, neutral eyes. And the other side of uh, attitude, I believe, if there's only two sides, is um, believe that it's possible, which is kind of a catch-22 for a lot of people because most people haven't learned a second language, or at least most Americans and most British people uh, haven't learned a second language before. So you don't, you don't know it's possible because you've never done it, but you've just got to believe it. Uh, if you have that belief, it's a huge part of the battle. So well done, Heath. Uh, I'm sure you'll do really well. Um, next, we have Aidan Tierney on a... Uh, pronunciation mastery lesson again early on in the pronunciation mastery he says great course I didn't plan on learning Chinese but now I am and I'm really enjoying the lessons and we've had another person do that actually recently as well it's just like oh I just thought I'd play around I think a lot of people are just sort of stuck indoors these days um, <clears throat> and uh, because they find out oh it's not actually so difficult it's not actually this impossible language uh, yeah I'll give it a shot so great to hear that. Uh, Mason Royal on You Did It. So this is the final lesson of the pronunciation mastery. Um, and he just says this. This course was fantastic. I started learning Mandarin about a year and a half ago and somehow never learned the correct tongue placements. This explains why so many Chinese people didn't understand me when I spoke Chinese. It really kills your ego when you spend so much time learning and studying to not even be able to communicate. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's so much to say with this. But um, yeah, the, the, the first of all, it's, it's not that strange that you didn't know the tongue placements because people rarely teach them. Um, I think there's a couple of other online courses or online resources I've seen that really do it well. But overall, I mean, if you're going to university and stuff, it's either done in such a boring way that you just you try and block it out of your memory <laughs> or they just don't talk about it. I remember there was a class actually in Sichuan University that I just couldn't go to. I, I went to one lesson and I had to stop going. She would, talk the, she would talk about the tongue placements in broken English, not even in Chinese, and wouldn't actually even, she, and she'd get you to drill them, but wouldn't use real life examples of Chinese words. She'd just say like, uh, 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 like that and say, and describe where your tongue should be uh, in broken English. And it was just like, okay. You know, and then she'd show you diagrams of like, you know, someone's face like cut in half with the tongue like this. And it's like, what? what? <sighs> All right. So it's <laughs> just having like really bad flashbacks then. So, uh, yeah, don't blame me for, you know, not having pronunciation because they don't teach it. But yeah, and it's a huge hit to the ego, which I've heard referred to as your learner's ego, right? Which is highly important at the beginning. You need that motivation to continue. And I think a lot of people, uh, they spend so much time and effort learning Chinese. And that's what creates that arrogance is because I've put so much of my heart and soul into this and people still aren't understanding me. Instead of facing that pain <laughs> of wasting all that time or just being rubbish and being wrong and all this sort of judgments about yourself, I'm just going to say they're wrong, <laughs> right? And, and people do do that. Um, so I'm glad you haven't done that. But yeah, it's a huge hit to the ego. It's a very difficult pain to swallow. Um, I was using a different online course, but I have found this to be much more comprehensive and helpful so far, the pronunciation mastery. 
It is nice to hear you guys' advice and perspectives on different parts of learning the language as someone who has experienced and is going through those difficulties. While the material was a review for me, I liked how you incorporated practical Chinese into the pronunciation learning process. Yeah, that was just to make it more interesting because otherwise it would just be drilling and showing you pictures of faces cut in half. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I had to throw those in. I appreciate the bonuses on mindset, habit building, and connecting us to outside resources as well. Yeah, thanks very much for, again, just taking the time to share that because we don't know if it's useful <laughs> until you tell us. So it's awesome that, you, that we know that now. Um, thank you very much, Mason. Um, I look forward to hearing your feedback on the rest of the curriculum, um, you know, the foundation, the intermediate. I really like to hear how that goes for you if you try it out. I'm not sure if you've just got the pronunciation mastery because we do sell it individually now. Um, but either way, great to hear. Thank you. All right. Next comment we've got from Colin O'Haran on you did it again. So it's the same lesson at the end of the pronunciation mastery. He says, I've been learning Swedish for the last couple of years and had reached a pretty good level. Uh, I was wondering what language I would start learning next. I had planned on something easier for English speakers like Spanish and maybe sometime in the future try to tackle Mandarin, but I did decide to just watch a couple of videos on this site and see what Chinese is all about. Well, I couldn't stop watching and here I am doing an Mandarin Anki cards every day and fully dedicated, dedicated to the long journey of becoming fluent in Mandarin. What you guys have done here is amazing. On a technical and philosophical level, as far as your approach to language learning, motivation, habit forming, etc., I really see learning Mandarin not only as a journey to learning a new language, but as a journey of self-discovery. Wow, you get it. You get it, Colin. Uh, thank you all and look forward to continuing down the path. Thank you very much for that. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's brilliant. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, again, same with what I've mentioned before with Mason. I'm really interested to see how you get along with the uh, the rest of the course, like learning characters. I always love hearing people's feedback about that because it's just exciting. Like I was saying before, it's exciting to be able to learn characters, then words, and be able to unlock everything and decode the language. It's it's great. So you've uh, if you enjoy pronunciation, you're going to enjoy the rest um, probably a lot more. Awesome. Next one here is from Heath Campbell on special effects. This is like the very beginning of the foundation course. He says, I don't have a scene to add. Yours will do just fine. Uh, I've used this method in the past and it works really well. I memorized the first verse of major, the major general song from the Pirates of Penzance. Okay. Needed a new party trick <laughs> in 20 minutes. Okay. So you're like a, a quite experienced with these memory techniques. That's brilliant. One line is, I know the kings of England and I quote their fights historical. So I pictured the three kings sitting on my couch and me at the, my mantelpiece quoting their fights back to them. <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting stuck into this. You're going you're gonna to smash it, Heath, I can tell. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you're, you're, like I said, if you're already interested in this sort of thing, this is right up your alley. Brilliant. Uh, Jean Clayton on Make a Movie for Ban for Half. She says, Thank you. I best get back to the course again. Not done anything for a week. Whoops. Our lives are COVID, 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 and I'd much rather be learning language. That's a great idea, Gene, is to stay positive uh, and focus focus energy on building up that resume or just, just, just having fun by smashing Chinese, um, whether for a resume or not. 
it's a great sort of distraction from all this stuff that's going on right now. Next one is from Alex on uh, Make a Movie. He says, I have to say, I'm so excited to when we'll be able to read sentences. Uh, this keeps coming up today. Well, I'm not, I've not chosen these particular style of comments. We just read the comments, anything that's sort of uh, pertinent to, to bring up, we just, we just put it in the podcast. Um, <laughs> so it's funny how this is a, sort of a very common topic today. To see a row of Chinese characters have all these images we have conjured in a Sherlock-esque or, you know, Charles Magnuson's, I don't know what that means, uh, and be able to decipher the meaning is going to be quite wonderful. You have no idea. Well, maybe you do have an idea, but um, yeah, it's going to get really fun. As I've said about eight times already in this podcast, <laughs> I'm just going to stop, right? Um, but thank you very much. Uh, and... Just one more comment from Alex here. He says on Shen, like Shema the Shen, like the, the, the what character in Shema, Shen. He says, slightly confused, does Shen differ from Shema at all? Completely valid question, especially this early on in the course. And this is something that we tried to, uh, we have, I hope, made clear as, as you progress through, which is all characters are morphemes. That means that the morpheme is the smallest unit of a language with meaning, okay? All characters have meaning, but just like all um, morphemes in English have meaning, uh, but not all can be used on their own. So let me give you some examples. Take the word unexpected, right, this word in English. That's made up of, you could argue, I, I think it's three morphemes. Un, expect, id, okay? These are all morphemes, and they exact, they're exact representations of what characters are. Characters are chunks of meaning. They're not the alphabet. They're chunks of meaning, okay? So un and ed, they have meaning, but they cannot just be used. You don't say un, right? They cannot be used on their own, but of course, they add meaning to the word, okay? Um, so yeah, but expect, of course, can be used within that word unexpected, but also on its own to mean expect, right? So, um, shun would be the equivalent of un or ed. It has meaning, it does mean what, but it's not used on its own. Uh, it's only used in conjunction with m, shum, that means what, as a word in real speech. I hope that's sort of clear, but uh, you will get this as you progress through the course. That's why we created the it's a word lessons to basically say this character that you've just learned, it's also a standalone word like expect. Okay, that's why we made that delineation between new vocabulary unlocked, which is compound words like unexpected, and then uh, it's a word, which is just a single character word. All right, so shun definitely would not be that. All right, so um, next one here is from Dawn Shannon on the fake eye she says oh she just says happy to be back michigan still on lockdown yeah i'm sorry i heard that i don't know how i heard this <laughs> because i live in china and i'm british but i heard that michigan is like one of the tightest uh, uh one of the most strictest controls for this uh the covid stuff going on so sorry to hear that uh, i'm sure things will return back to normal pretty soon next one's from uh dom thompson he says, again, with this concept of wondrousness, marveling at uh, being able to read Chinese. I can't get enough of this. It's great. He says, 
Uh, he just adds the sentence as one of the earlier sentences, I, I believe. 我的手机和他的不一样. My phone is different from his. And he says at the bottom, sometimes you catch yourself reading a sentence fluently with no stumbles or hesitation, and it feels awesome. Plodding up the Mandarin mountain, looking behind occasionally to see how far you've come. Thanks, Dom. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great feeling, isn't it? Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, you've got so much more to look forward to. Brilliant. Um, so next is movies. So we've done all the messages that we've had this week, just the general messages uh, and emails. Now we're going to move on to the section of the podcast where we talk about movie scenes that people have sent in that are just, I thought, that awesome uh, and should be, should be shared on the podcast. Um, and um, most of them, if not all of them, will be made into video content for the actual course. So if you're on the course and you want to share your movies, not only is that going to help everyone in the community, but you'll also get become famous, <laughs> sort of. Um, uh, you'll actually uh, possibly become a part of the course itself. So, uh, yeah, it's a system that's working really well for us and for you guys and for other people on the course that are joining. Um, fantastic. So, actually, the first one we've got today is from Dom as well. And it's for Make a Movie for Yeah which means also. And I love sharing. These are my favorite scenes to share because any scene for an abstract character, uh, sorry, uh, most characters are abstract. I mean, the abstract meaning. So also, because you know, the idea of these movie scenes is to show, them, show things visually in your mind. And for beginners especially, or people that just aren't naturally good at this sort of thing, um, doing these sort of abstract concepts like also is it can be very challenging so i love uh sharing uh, successfully created scenes for these kinds of characters let's have a look i found this tricky to imagine with the fishing hook cricket bat and the crab claw instead i used the cardboard box from seven component for t the cricket bat and a miniature hockey stick okay ivanka trump is in the bedroom of the e set Packing a cricket bat into the box, it helps that the friend who lived there was a big cricket fan. Component positioning point. The bottom of the bat is the bottom of the is in the bottom of the box, and the handle is sticking out the top. She doesn't really understand cricket, so as she's leaving the room, she also packs the miniature hockey stick. So there's a couple of things about this one. First of all, you you do your scenes however you like, and if you find it comfortable changing the props. I'm not going to say don't do that, but I would say generally as a general rule, guys watching, maybe don't change your props based on the situation. If you can't figure out how to work with a, with a few props, maybe have a break or go to another character and come back to it, and, and you'll often uh, you'll, you'll be able to figure it out, right? Or use some special effects or something. I'm not a big fan of changing the props because props should have one representation uh, visually. But you can do it occasionally if you really get stuck, I suppose. I just wouldn't recommend it in generally to everyone. In general to everyone. Um, and also, of course, the, the meaning is there. But, uh, yeah, it uh, also packs the miniature hockey stick. I can imagine um, that because getting that across, that idea of also, <clears throat> it's the same as getting across any abstract concept. You use acting skills. That's what we call it anyway. Um, 
And if anyone's got any other techniques that you can help, let us know. But we like to just say use more gestures, facial expressions, special effects like camera angles, zooming in on how people are looking and things like that. So how can this be applied here? Well, I'm, I'm sure you already did do something like this, Dom, but I'm just saying for the general audience, just in case you didn't get it, you could, she's, uh, she also packs the hockey stick. Now that's the import, that's the most important part of the entire scene. So you need to expect, uh, really exaggerate it. That's what they do in movies, right? When something is important, they close up on it in some way or they show it on camera. So as she's leaving, she makes a big deal out and she looks at it and maybe she looks back a couple of times. She looks at the hockey stick, she looks at it, she's like, and this, you know, she's like, that idea of also. So I've got everything I needed, I'm gonna leave, no, and I'll take this also. You know, so it's like that idea of, and it does work and it sounds very subtle, but it, it works, especially if you take some time to focus on what, what they're doing in your mind, okay. Um, great, let's have a look, another one from Dom. Again, another tricky one. Um, which is tai, which basically means two, T-O-O, -O. all right? So let's see how he handles this one. He says, tricky abstract one here. Yeah, very tricky, very tricky. Let's see, let's see if this sticks. Tiger Woods is in the bathroom of the AI set with Clifford the Big Red Dog. He uses the pipette, that's like the drop, the drop, uh, to put a drop of something on Clifford's right paw on my left, as I look, Clifford is perfectly attentive and compliant as Tiger prepares the droplet, but then Clifford jumps back in pain as it touches him. The droplet is too hot. Yeah, so here's a way, like, that's probably fine. That's probably good enough. Um, I'm just thinking, how could we, how could we make it even more too, right? How could we really, like, show that idea of T-O-O? Um, so it's, it could be that idea of contrast. So I liked what you've done with the acid. So maybe he's like, okay, I can handle it. Okay, it's not too bad. Okay, it's not too bad. That one was too much. And he, then he goes, it's like that contrast. So it's, it's like, oh, I can handle it. I can handle it. I can handle it. And then maybe he, instead of putting one drop, he squeezes the rest out onto his paw. And he's like, no, that's too much. And then he sort of reacts that way. Which is very similar to what you've done. Saying you could, it, there could be slight tweaks made just to, to, to bring out that uh, more abstract keyword sort of meaning. But yeah, it's fantastic, great uh, scene, very simple. I always like the simple ones. Uh, brilliant. Uh, the next one here is from Ramona. It's not really a movie, it's just a suggestion for a prop really, uh, for Gong, which is, just looks like a big capital I, and it means work. And she says, it's related to work. Looks, oh, sorry, <laughs> let's actually read what she suggested first. She suggests a double open-end wrench uh, because it's related to work, it looks a bit like the component, and it's easier to carry around by my actors. Great. Now let's check out Faraz's uh, comment on Make a Movie for Hua. I, I mentioned Faraz earlier. He's got a, uh, a, what do you call it, a case study out with Phil recently. Uh, we just put it out a couple of days ago. So go and check that out on our YouTube channel. Um, he says, the Incredible Hulk approaches Kirby, that's the mouth component. Kirby moves, uh, sorry, waves a magic wand and transforms the backyard into a game show set. Be behind the one door is Death with his scythe and another is a new car. And behind is a goat. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this one. The Incredible Hulk chooses one door 
Uh, Kirby opens a door he hasn't chosen to reveal the goat. Now he, he asks the Hulk, would he like to stick with his choice or choose the other unopened door? And again, I'm sure you've already done this in your mind, Faraz, but really accentuate that idea the hulk he has to make this choice and maybe he's got like i don't know if you've ever watched this, the show countdown he's got you got that sort of any some sort of music that's like intense and he has to he has to quickly make his choice between the two and then he chooses or maybe he doesn't choose because the whole point is based on or right it's not based on making a choice maybe if the character was which means to choose then you might do something like that right um, but anyway, just again, again, another idea just to accentuate, exaggerate that keyword when it's abstract. Great. Well done, Faraz. The next movie scene is by Phil Chalinor. Chalinor, sorry. Uh, he says, oh, this is for D, which means uh, like, so uh, it's, like a, it's like a big S, basically, a big uh, backwards S. And he says, Janice Joplin is in my childhood home bedroom and she's off her face on LSD. Great start. Uh, she's having a bad trip and is convinced herself that she's left her body. She's got an open box and she's got um, Maui, sorry, Maui's hook. Maui's, I'm not sure. That, oh, oh, Maui's hook uh, I, uh, from that movie Mona. Is that what it is? Uh, like the Maui. Yeah, I know what um, In her other hand, she's convinced she is trying to catch herself and scoop it into the open box. I'm curious about that one. I'd like more description personally. Like, is, she, is she actually seeing it or is she just going mental and trying to like just doing it to the air? I'd like to I'd like to see that. But either way, that seems fine. I think it'd be cool to actually show her what she sees because you know, your imagination has no limits, right? So you could just imagine her seeing the thing that isn't really there, a picture of herself, whatever. It's great, Phil, really good one. All right, this next one is from Natalia and uh, we've recently had a great, one of my favorite testimonials ever, actually, uh, case studies or whatever you want to call them, written by her, uh, and it's now on our blog. So if you want to check that out, it's just a great insight into that feeling that we've kind of been talking a lot about today, of that sort of magic of being able to go from sort of zero, not really knowing Chinese, to knowing some Chinese. And, and it's, it's, it's just, she wrote so well. And I'm assuming that English is her second language. I was kind of jealous a little. I was like, that's impressive how little corrections that, uh, you know, it's just, it was, it was really well written. Please go and check it out. And thank you, Natalia, for sharing that. It was great. So this is her uh, scene. She says, I send Irina to the backyard of Angarad's house to count how many trees and sheep are there. Um, she came back and said 10. But how many of each? What does it matter? They are the same thing. You are so stupid. They are not the same. Okay, so we've got the so this yang yang basic yang means uh, appearance. Really, that's like the best translation. But we, you can also translate it as the same, I guess, if you like, because it's in yang one one appearance. Um, and she's got uh, her arguing with her cousin over. And she says, in brackets below, she says, forgive me, Irina, the things I do to my cousin since she doesn't know English and will never read this. <laughs> so that's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I think the idea of arguing about something, again, it's sort of relying a little bit too much on purely verbal, uh, just speaking, uh, which I'm not a huge fan of, but if it works for you, it works for you. Um, so, yeah, I like the, the general concept of the scene, though. It's great. The next one is for Tyson on Make a Movie for Shi, which means uh, 
and this and this character means sort of a person, um, but it's like shi is like a, a sort of esteemed it's a bit more in a person of high esteem, really. Um, he says before Sean can enter the military and become a soldier, he's got to shave and also take a TB test, which involves a slight injection under the skin. He does both in the bathroom of my childhood home. One, once he's shaved and taken the test, he leaves the bathroom ready to become a soldier. The scene ends with a close-up on the syringe above the razor in the small uh, trash can. Was that the sorry? Was that the word that we chosen? Yeah, because shibing shibing is like a soldier. So if that's the I, sometimes I forget what keyword we chose because of course lots of characters have multiple keywords, right? Um, but if that's the one we chose, that's a great scene. Um, it's very relevant as well. Very specific. Um, with a needle, yeah, fantastic. We've got another one here from Charlie, uh, who just says, and I love this because it's just really simple, red or blue pill. So again, for the character or. Uh, and again, I've already said this a million times, but I just love both styles. I love it when people go into loads of detail and write every single line and describe the dis just really detailed descriptions because it's just, it's just so much fun to read. But then I also like the really short ones. They just give a small idea and just sort of plant a seed and then let someone else sort of fill in the gaps with their imagination. I love that. So this next one here is from Chris Peebles on Make a Movie for Pa, which means afraid. Uh, and he says, for the props, I chose an olive branch and a white paint can. So the left part is not, it represents heart. He's chosen uh, an object based on what it looks like, which is an olive branch and a white paint can. All right, let's see what he does. The P actor is in the bathroom of A location, the A location, the A set. Uh, he was hired to paint the bathroom white. He begins to stir the white paint by using a big green olive branch, then trying to be economical with his materials. He also uses the green olive branch to paint the walls. After a few minutes of painting, the owner of the house walks in and sees what a terrible job he's doing. Suddenly, the pee actor becomes filled with fear and is very afraid as the owner begins to scream and yell at him for making such an ugly mess. Great. Nothing to add to there. I think this has more than enough to remember that character. Really well done. And the next one here is from Faraz, based on the character uh, He, I believe. Yeah, He. Uh, very rarely used on its own. Um, but this, it just means wheat, I believe. So he says, it's just made of two character, two props, which is a samurai, samurai sword and a tree. And Faraz just says, a tree is absorbing all the nutrients from the soil. While it is, while it is lush, all the plants around it are dead and desiccated. My actor takes out a samurai sword and stabs the top of the tree, killing it. As soon as he does this, a crop of healthy wheat sprouts from the ground. I really like this because it's it's so simple. You don't usually have to come up with a reason why your actor does anything. Like it could just be normal and then, you know, I love that you've sort of added a little bit of a backstory. Like this, the tree is sucking all the life out. So he has to kill the tree to give life back to the ground. It's simple and it's and it's great. Uh, another one, quick one from Faraz here is for D, which means to note down or to remember. Um, I guess it means notebook as well, actually, uh, BT Burn. Sort of, yeah. Uh, my J.I. actress is speaking to a microphone broadcasting the news that a giant snake is terrorizing the area. Just then, the giant snake starts to come up behind her. She wants to flee, but tells herself that she is a reporter and must remember her training. 
never leave the site of a good story. Okay, Tito. Tito is a reporter, so it's so yeah. Okay, you've gone through a different one there uh, in terms of the. Uh, keyword I, again. I can't remember what keyword we actually chose. I should probably look it up before I do this, right? But either way, it's a great, simple story, and you you could definitely throw in a lot of acting skills in there, like a bit of a backstory, sort of like a movie itself. Um, you know, where she's like giving herself a pep talk and what emotions she's showing, like from her facial expressions and her body gestures and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that would be really memorable. Well done. The next one here is from uh, Natalia again on make a movie for Xiong. So uh, this, has, this is a doyin so it's also hang when it's uh, used in like hang, yeah, meaning industry or yin hang meaning bank. <clears throat> but uh, this one, uh, I guess the most common way it's used is xiong, uh, which means okay, can do. And that's sort of the, the choice that we made for the keyword for this one. So you say xiong, no problem. Yep, okay. Like it's it's a way of if someone asks you to do something or gives you instructions uh, to do something, you can just say "xiong." Uh, it's a really common way of saying "Roger." Roger. Okay, no problem. Anyway, my XI actress is at my ENG location, drinking tea in the kitchen and watching Bruce Lee practice his stuff. Uh, oh yeah, because Bruce Lee's the the man's man, the manliest man, even manlier than Chuck Norris to some people, arguably. So he's like the left side component, which is double man. <laughs> That's how we came up with it. Um, and then the right side component is what? I forgot. Ask him, but can... Yeah, so... And then she takes a moment from tea drinking and asks him, but can you do this kick? Can you do that kick? Can do, he answers every time. Finally, she holds up a rusty nail and asks, can you slash this nail with a razor in midair? Can do, he replies breezily and does. Fantastic. Very simple. Um, <laughs> yeah, really good. Can't add anything to that whatsoever. Really nice. Uh, Kate Gans on Make a Movie for Door, which means uh, more or much. Again, I can't remember the keyword. <laughs> I didn't look it up beforehand exactly, but let's see what she says. My fictional DU character is Durga or Durga. Oh, yes, the Hindu warrior goddess. She's always pictured rising, riding a tiger. My O set is the Obama White House on the front lawn. My, okay, so not, not, the, not the Trump one then. Um, all right, my prop is the two eye masks. Uh, the scene, uh, Durga has arrived at the Obama White House after a long day of battle. She and her tiger are very tired and need many hours of sleep. That's the keyword, many, there you go. Many hours of sleep to face the next day's battles. She sets up their tents on the front lawn and pulls out the two eye masks, one for her and one for her tiger. This will help them get many hours of sleep they need. That works, I think. Uh, you could also do what we've had suggested before by a few different people, which is show the passage of time. Otherwise, I got a feeling you might look back on this and just be like, is this character mean sleep <laughs> or what? What does it mean? So if you show that the idea of time or but even more clear, actually, would just be showing many, many objects. You know, that just maybe just boom, 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 boom. Objects keep like dividing like bacteria and just creating more and more and more. Uh, many and many and many. That, that would just be much simpler and easier to remember, in my opinion. But um, I always like your... Um, 
the the sort of outlandish fantastical um, props and characters that you choose, the actors. It's always very interesting. So thank you very much for that. Uh, thank you everyone for your comments. As usual this week, it's been a pleasure to read. Uh, and oh, and before I go, I will just say, I kind of forgot to tell you guys, yeah, I had a baby. It's awesome. I highly recommend it. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, yeah, it's, it's a challenge, but it's 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 uh, it's very, very worthwhile challenge. Kind of like learning Chinese. Hey, buy Mandarin Blueprint and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> all right. So also we've got the um, ebook out as well. It's out there on our website, which you can access from the homepage. You just scroll down a bit. I want to sort of put it in a more public place. Um, you know, we put it on a few YouTube videos and stuff, but we're still trying, trying to figure out um, where to put it and stuff. But um, yeah, we've, we've put it on the front page. So if you're listening to this, you can just go ahead and scroll down the homepage and you'll see it there and you can just go and buy it and get access to it. And uh, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm really happy with it. Um, so go and check it out and let me know what you think about it. All right, guys, so that should be everything for today. Have a great couple of weeks, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.